With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Tigers, tigers burning bright on hallowed turf, a glorious sight. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Wise Men Say, a Hull City podcast. My name is John and joining me as always is my co-host Alex. How are you doing Alex? Yeah, really good thanks John. How are you? Yeah, great thank you. Yeah, looking forward to reviewing the games and looking forward to the fixtures upcoming as well. So yeah, an interesting week in terms of the, the promotion race. Um, in terms of the Football League 1, Alex and I appeared on a show on YouTube last Wednesday. Alex, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's, it's called overthebarfootball.net uh, and it's basically a show designed to give more coverage to League 1 as the, the sort of creators, if you like, felt that there's plenty of coverage for the top sides in the premiership and indeed certainly the championship gets a decent level of coverage but once you go any lower than that if you felt there wasn't much coverage so decided to set one up which you know i've got a lot of respect for if you know if something needs to do it then go out there and do it so yeah it was a, it was a good uh it was a good evening wasn't it john we talked about uh all things so there was a lincoln city fan a peterborough fan, uh rochdale fan sorry um, and we just talked all things League One, which was yeah. rather enjoyable, especially for us, given that we're top of the league in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was good, a good uh, show, wasn't it? I really enjoyed being on there, and some good questions as well from the viewers at the time because it was a live show streamed on YouTube. But you can still go back and re- um, watch it back as well because it was recorded. So get yourselves onto YouTube and watch the Over the Bar Football Show with Alex and I. Um, yeah, so. 
obviously we've got a we've got faces for podcasts and radio, but in this instance we appeared on screen as well. So um, there we go. It was a really good episode. Um, in terms of Hull City this week, a um, little bit of well, we we we've tried to talk, predict what we thought would be a good week in terms of what we would we would gain from it. Um, I mentioned in the previous show about Gillingham. It'd be really good if, if Tom Eaves could grab a goal against his former club, in which he did. But we couldn't seem to find the second uh, to put the game to bed. And Lee scoring on the 67th minute meant that Gillingham came away with a point from the KCOM. Alex, what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, tough one really, isn't it? Because Gillingham are a side that are on pretty good form. But in, at this stage of the season, you kind of banking on your home games uh, you to pick up the points. Yeah. But uh, I did say before this next run of three games, Gillingham, Crewe and Northampton, that I said if we got seven points from nine, I'd be happy. Uh, yeah. and give, given our result against Crewe, the, game against, the point against Gillingham is kind of a respect the league one point kind of thing, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because yeah, yeah. that could have easily been a defeat, you know, because Gillingham have been, have been on pretty good form, haven't they? And look quite a, a good chance to flirt with those playoff positions, don't they? So, yeah, Gillingham, yeah, kinda... three wins in five for Gillingham. Yeah, and that's not to be sniffed at, points to, point against them, especially given that really we performed. Yeah, we, um, we prefer... I think we we prefer to play away at the minute, given the mm. lack of crowds. Um, so it was a good point, providing we picked up a win against Crew, which we did. And I still think Northampton is probably a, you know, we've got to win that one. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, not a bad point, given the, the circumstances. And we'll talk about the. I, I do mention it quite a bit, but the shots on target stat which we, we only managed to get three shots on target. We restricted them to just one. So it was a shame to see that obviously beat your goal. Um, but we, we managed to make a lot more passes than them. We just couldn't find the breakthrough. So, um, yeah, decent point given the, the following result, I suppose. It, it sort of justifies that. But after two draws, we really did need to win this one. And it was looking very much so like it was going to be a draw for large parts of the game. Um, in terms of the crew game, obviously a penalty scored by Chris Porter, FIFA career mode legend over the years for me. I was surprised to see that he was still playing. I only realised when I saw him in the lineups for crew. Um, and then obviously a penalty of our own from McGuinness and a late winner from Wilkes. In this game, we managed eight shots on target. So a lot more than in previous games. And I think that's where we should be. We're giving the players that we've got, should be creating you know, around eight shots on target per game. Alex, what were your thoughts on the crew game? Yeah, can I just mention by McGuinness, you of course mean Joshua Brendan, David McGuinness, senior League One player from Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, was, it on, was that on Sky where that was um, think, shared? His full I, name? I think it was iFollow. iFollow, right, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think there was a bit of a glitch where they, they almost... His full name. 
Yeah, it was like he was doing his passport entry, like Master, Joshua, Brendan, David, Beginner, Senior, Northern Ireland, League One. Ah! Yeah, please state your middle name. <laughs> Our names. Uh, <laughs> just to make sure it wasn't, of, of course, mistaken with the Josh McGuinness that plays for Crew. Um, <laughs> uh, not, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't play for him, really. But yeah, 2 um, 1. Yeah. Good, good uh, result. Yeah, so. Like I said, with the point against Gillingham, it, it sort of turned into a must-win, and for large parts of this game, it felt like it could have been worse. It could have been no points. It could have been one. Mm. So to get the win in the manner that we did is certainly very pleasing because we certainly under McCamps would have probably drawn, drawn that game earlier in the season, I think. But I think he's starting to become a bit more resilient with this team and. You know, to come back from a goal down was really impressive and that, that should give the boys a lot of confidence going into the Northampton game. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't a it was a pretty good game to be fair. I'm gonna I often do this, but I'm gonna give crew a little bit of credit because I thought they played really well. Um and that the commentator on iFollow made a good point. He sort of said Hull wouldn't have wanted to play crew again because even though we've picked up six points against them and done the double, they've certainly, I think, crew deserved a bit more than that from the two fixtures. Because yeah. we, we left it late against them in the return fixture, didn't we? I think Wilkes got the, the winner in the final minutes. Um, So it was it was a really good win, I think, give, given against the crew side that looked quite dangerous. Um, I you agree. Know, it, yeah. So I'm really pleased that we managed to grind out the win. And that's what it's all about at this stage this season, isn't it? It is, yeah. You've just got to, you know, if you're going to be champions or go up as champions, you need to get get those late winners, those, you know, grind out those results. Even, you know, it'd been good in, if we're going back to the Gillingham game really quickly, grind out a couple of 1-0s and just get the points on the board. And it was a great move for the... The, the winner from Wilkes, really good move, playing out from the back, going all the way through the pitch, through the thirds, and Wilkes finding the net uh, with his right foot, I believe, um, in, in 90 plus one. So amazing winner, definitely a confidence booster for the lads. So fantastic. Yeah, player. absolutely. I just want to say, like, that, that was really a class sign from Wilkes, that, because... Great players can have rubbish games and then pop up with a winner. And that's what Wilkes did there. You know, he'll probably look mm. at his own performance and he didn't get involved as much as he should. You know, he kind of got out defended a lot of the time and then a lot of a lot of fans were calling on Twitter for him to be subbed. Uh, and I thought that was a bit harsh. Mm. And it just shows, you know, actually McCann did the right thing by keeping him on. Yeah, yeah. Because lo and behold, he, he has one chance and he slots it away with his weak foot. And I just think that's a class sign. That's a, that's a sign of a really good player. Because the headlines won't read, Wilkes has awful game for 90 minutes and then finishes and to win. It'll just read, Wilkes grabs the winner for City. Yeah, exactly. And great players are all about moments and, and making, you know, producing their own moments when they're not necessarily the moments that fall into them on a regular occasion. You, you see players pick up the ball, make things happen. Now, we 
of course, as a team, made a really good move, but Wilkes was really tight for space, quite heavily marked, and, and he managed to find himself the opportunity to shoot and, and get the winner. So well done to him. Um, and that really is quite a good thing for us that we've managed to, to play on Good Friday and then we have a, a game on Easter Day because obviously the confidence from the result yesterday, as we're recording, will stand us in really good stead for Monday's game against Northampton. Although, we're back at home again, Alex. So, what are your thoughts looking forward? We'll, we'll cover the preview now before we go on to our next feature of what could be in store for us against Northampton Town. Yeah, so certainly my mood yesterday was a bit like Friday then, <laughs> it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, what? <laughs> so I, th I think we've got to look to to win that's that's all I'd, at this stage of the season I'm, like I said previously it's all about the win if, if someone offered me now another dogged affair to be fair like the crew game was, was quite entertaining and you know both sides were playing for three points which was credit to crew as well I th I'd take a dogged game and a win a one nil yeah. scrappy win because that's all it's about at this stage of the season. And I think, you know, Northampton, look, looking at their position in the table, they'll be, I don't think they'll come for a draw. I don't think a draw will be good enough for them. I think they'll, they'll look to win because they're Wimbledon are three points behind them, two games in hand. Yeah, it's likely that, yeah, they need the points at, at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm expecting that might play into our hands a bit because, you know, as soon as teams come at us, we can break on the counter-attack through KLP and yeah. Wilkes. So I'm hoping for a, a comfortable win, but I can see it being quite a dogged affair, maybe end-to-end yeah, -end stuff. Two wins in five for Northampton Town. If they're looking down, they'll obviously be able to see that even uh, AFC Wimbledon have a couple of games in hand on them. They've only had one win in five. If we look even further down the table, Alex, if you can stretch that far, we, we, we noticed there uh, Bristol Rovers in 23rd place um, with five defeats on the bounce. Just thought I'd get that one. In now, I, knew, I knew you'd want to mention that. Why Joey do you want to mention that? Uh, because Joey Barton is their manager uh, <laughs> and he's not doing a fantastic job at the minute. Welcome there to we the, Joey, the Joey Barton Haters podcast. <laughs> it's just, you know... <laughs> It's great to see um, English midfielders going into management and doing a good job, like um, Gerard Lampard did all right at Chelsea. And that, that's about it, really, isn't it? I uh, can't think of any other. But, yeah. Uh, in terms of managers, we'll just quickly touch on McCann. Because, again, there was, like, this dispute going on on the, on the whole City Fans Forum on Facebook I was observing. You know, 1-1, one, one, not good enough, McCann out. Well, what about the 2-1? You know, yeah. late, one late goal can change everything. Um, and people still not giving him necessarily the credit or the chance to really take this team forward. But the credit for, for what he's done this season, we're top of the league. Um, it's, a, it's a crazy old one, isn't it? What are your thoughts on how McCann's managing? Because we haven't really probably spoke about this. How McCann is managing the surely he's aware of what the fans, the mixture of opinions from the fans, and Burnsy definitely makes him 
aware of that when he interviews him. He says, you know, the fans are calling for your head or whatever. Mm. How, how well do you think McCann's done this season to sort of block that out and remain impervious to all of those thoughts? Well, firstly, I think he's done doubly well, given that not only is he top of the league, but he's top of the league with a lot, a lot of fans saying that he's rubbish. And I think about, I'm going to use an analogy. So I look at teams that are really well supported. Um, and I know Newcastle are going for a tough time at the minute uh, in, in top flight. And their fans are now calling for Bruce to be out. But I just wish our fans would give managers a bit more patience because yeah. you got to be careful what you wish for, I think. You know, Bristol Rovers, like you mentioned, they've made a change and it hasn't made a difference to them. In fact, yeah. they're probably slightly worse. Yeah, they've got worse, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in the football world where if I imagine... So I've been working in my job for nine years and I still feel like I've got stuff to learn. So then I think about a manager moving into a new club, trying to get to know his players trying to impart the way he wants to play onto his players. The longer a manager's with a club, the more time he has to get players performing to his methods. And I, I just don't think changing manager all the time is a successful way to go. No, no, you're right. Um, so I'm starting to see what McCann is about. He's probably still got a lot to learn management because he's only... You know, he's only been with three clubs, hasn't he? Mm. Uh, Peterborough, ourselves. Doncaster. And Doncaster. So I just... And City fans are very fickle, and I'm going to make a plea. Like, let's just... Whatever happens from now to the end of the season, let's just get behind him and the team. Because there's seven, what, seven games to go? Yeah. And I think the problem is... If we're putting around all that negativity at some point, you know, the house of cards can collapse potentially. And I, and everyone will be really quick to blame McCann. But what I will say is, well, we need to take a look at ourselves first and think about what what sort of backing did we give? Because I think what we're really good at is when we're allowed, obviously, to get into the grounds, we turn up and we support the team every week. Uh, the only thing that was really bothering, I think, the team before where the sort of protests and things like that, I think that did sort of rattle the players a little mm. bit. Um, and if if we were, I don't know what we would have been like this season because we're top of the league. We're seeing us win a lot of games, but we're also maybe losing or drawing a couple of games. And maybe, you know, I can't see that we'd be booing the team off or anything like that. So if we're not going to be like, if we're not like that in the stadium, we need to be like that outside the stadium as well. Not, yeah, absolutely. We're all entitled to our opinions. But if we're going to berate the manager every single game, then we can't expect him to perform at his best, can we? I think just like respect the league and respect the opposition. Because if you're not careful, fans' expectations can weigh heavy on your club. Mm. And you know, Sunderland probably could have got out of League One at the first time of asking, but the weight of expectation on the managers that have come in and been and gone is too heavy. Yeah. Um, and we've been lucky in that McCann has done a lot of balancing at the start of the season. And you look at our squad, it's got real balance. 
mixture of homegrown talent. We talked about a lot at the start of the season, didn't we? Yeah, it's a brilliant squad. Yeah, it's a really good squad and it's full of desire and heart and togetherness. And it's taken Sunderland years to get that. And look at where they are now. You know, they're obviously on a great run of form. But just, I think City fans need to respect the grind. We can't just expect just to come down from the Championship and win every game. As soon as we have one loss, City fans are calling for McCann's head. We're not going to win every game, but we're still top of the league. And everyone talks about the games in hand, don't they? But we've seen that with, you know, Lincoln and Doncaster. Just because you've got games in hand doesn't mean, you know, it's not a guaranteed three points. And Peterborough playing Sunderland next week, who knows what's going to happen there. But, you know, surely the fact that they're playing each other plays into our hands a bit. Yeah, yeah. Just get behind the lads and respect the League One. And let's, if we do that and get behind McCann, I think we'll be there at the end of the season, first or second. Yeah, we, we have got um we have got Sunderland to play. You mentioned Sunderland. We have got them to play. You, you see a lot of um you, you see a lot of teams struggle in League One. Like you say, Sunderland have historically Southampton and Leeds, Sheffield United took a while to get out of these. And if we can go up first time of asking, then that you know, we would do pretty well. Um I, I would say anywhere. Now, one thing I want to touch on before we look at the new feature that we're going to talk about that will replace the whole city alphabet, I want to talk about Max Clark. Now, Max Clark, he's come back to Hull City uh, in the January transfer window, and he's not yet made an appearance in the league anyway. Um, what would you, what would you say is the problem? Is he is he injured? Is it a lack of fitness? Do you think he's been on the bench a couple of times, hasn't he? I don't know, mate. He sort of disappeared off the radar, hasn't he? I certainly thought it was a strange signing because I actually think, well, we look at Brandon Fleming, who signed a new deal. It's sort of like, well, do we need three? Do we need three left-backs? You know, I'd have sort of preferred another number nine, maybe, given... McGuinness was suffering with COVID mm. and Eves has obviously had a major dip in form. Tom Eves, and, yes, Tom Eves. Yeah. So Well, he, he returned to Hull City on first of February. I do apologise. So obviously we tested cancelled his contract at the end of the window. On a four month deal, short term deal to the end of the season. Can you see the club renewing that deal? At this moment in town, because I, I can't. Well, personally, probably not. Mm. It doesn't seem like it's. I wonder if it's a fitness-based thing for Clark. He might be. He might have just needed a club to help him get fit, and we sort of said, "Well, yeah, why not come join us?" And he may as well sign a deal. But certainly, I'd, I'd say Fleming was pushing Elder for a spot before yeah, was. Um, and while whilst we're talking about players, we haven't seen anything of Jordan Flores, have we? No, another one that sort of disappeared off the radar a little bit. Uh, what what the worry is, because we had a really good, I thought we had a really good squad at the beginning of the season. Yes, we have to sort of freshen things up a bit and keep you know players on the turns. What we don't want to do is make another sort of Milinkovic signing. Yeah, like um, we've had a couple of them really. Um, and again, just you know, we signed somebody who scored 
uh, Puskas contender, but I haven't really seen much else from his career so far. So I'm going to need to see something to justify that signing. Um, because yeah. it's not like we were crying out for someone like him. So the, the thinking really is, you know, because even like, for example, players such as Regan Slater, obviously we've allowed Dan Batty to go to Fleetwood. But McCann was confident that with the loan signing of Slater that he would be involved, which he was against Crew yesterday, even though he's not maybe the starter. He's got an important part to play in our promotion campaign. So what I want to see from these players that he's brought in is that they'll bring some form of impact into the... Into, obviously, it just shows as well on the balance of that how good our squad is because they can't get into it. Yeah, it must be difficult as a... When you're looking for signings in the January window, you need players that are going to make an impact, like you say. It feels like we've kind of made signings without doing our due diligence. Like yeah, it's... Thomas Meyer of, being another one. Yeah, it's sort of like we're signing players because the fans are telling us to sign players. You know, mm. I think about, you know, you mentioned Milinkovic. Another one was Noel Bear Below. And you're oh, sort yeah. of thinking, it's kind of like if McCann had come out and said, look, we are looking for players, but we can't find anyone that's going to impact the squad or push players for positions, then we'd have kind of understood, wouldn't we? Because it's not like... You know, you can buy a 30-goal-a-season League One striker. They don't grow on trees, do they? No. And sort of, like, you, you ain't going to get, a, like, a Clark Harris from a rival or a Charlie White from Sunderland, are you? So, no, no, no. So, it is... I do feel for Clark because, you know, it was sort of, he came with a lot of fanfare, didn't he? It was a bit like, oh, the, the, the return of yeah. Max Clark. Um, but, again, like... I don't think Elder's perfect at left back, but I certainly think he's he hasn't really put a foot wrong no, recently. Yeah, he's made that position his own, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's about it's more about what the others can do to try and take him off that spot rather than Elder trying to I don't know, strengthen his game in certain parts. It's just doing as a good all rounder. Um maybe seeing, you know, what Fleming's going to have to produce something really special if he's going to get into that side and, and bring something to the table in an excellent fashion that maybe Elder can't do um, to change the dynamic, really. Um, but I'm just reading up now, and, and Clark's played a couple of under-23s games. James Scott, Sean McLaughlin's played a couple um, as well. And then, obviously, you've seen some... And Thomas Myers uh, played 90 minutes for under-23s. But we need to really be playing... You know, they need to be playing some regular first-team action, really. Obviously, um, Chadwick, um, Smith, Salam, and Jones of all Callum Jones have all come through this season and, and, and made. I'm not classifying Greaves as that. I'm classing him as a first-teamer. But yeah, they've all been there or thereabouts in the squad as well from the under-23s. So it's good yeah. that we've got players that we've we've brought in. And then we've got the academy players pushing them just as far. Um, good good balance, like you said, at the beginning of the season and in the window. Okay, right. Let's move on to our new feature, Alex. Do you want to tell us all about it? Yeah, so it sort of came off the back of... We was having a bit of discussion around what we should be doing now that, of course, our world-famous 
Liverpool City alphabet has gone from A to Z or A to Z, if you like. Um, and you sort of you, you're very much an ideas man, aren't you? Uh, we had a couple of suggestions, didn't we? Um, yeah. um, to do different ideas. Uh, I'm going to shout out to Calzy who came up with a really good idea that we could do the squad numbers um, and go through that. Ooh. So yeah, so you know, there's certainly room for more features. Um, but you sort of said let's do the whole city um, around the world with whole city. So we're going to go mm. around all the countries in the globe um, and we're going to talk about the city players that played for that played for us who were from that country. Yeah. Um, and we've asked the fans to choose the first, the first country, which I think is nice. I always like yeah. to involve the uh, following from Twitter. Yeah, we've got good engagement with the Twitter following. So thank you guys for your suggestions. And I like the one about the squad numbers as well. I think that could maybe be a feature that will, help us in our difficult second season yeah second season syndrome yeah so we, we, that'll help us out there yeah yeah so um it's it's certainly we, we don't really know how we're going to do it but i reckon if we do something like um we'll start with a country that you guys have suggested and then we'll go around all the countries and then we we'll can maybe ask. do it geographically just to help us out so yeah. that once we start in one area we'll sort of yeah. exhaust that area and then move do on it. to the next one a bit like do a it. scout do it by continent yeah a bit like it yeah if we're, if we're doing a bit of a scouting network uh, and yeah. do it that way so where, where's the first location and alex who who chose it and where is it going to be well we discussed off air didn't we and we sort of went well the first person to answer was uh, our follower Ralphie, um, Mark Ralph. I guess I guess his name is based on his handle. So he he came up with a shout of New Zealand. So I think that'd be a really good place to start, um, given that it's the most furthest place I can think of on the planet. Yeah, yeah, work our way back. Yeah, and my cousin lives in New Zealand, so nice nice connection for me. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Liz and Neil. Who do who do listen to the podcast over in New Zealand from time? Love that, yeah. Um, so New Zealand, that sir, we have got one player, I believe, from New Zealand. Um, and if there's any more, feel free on Twitter to to jump in on it as well. But what we've got is uh, Jeremiah or Harry Ngata. So Harry and Garter, um, and it, that was a bit of a Josh McGuinness there with his full name. Is <laughs> um, a former New Zealand international, played as a midfielder for Hull City, born in 1971, so he's 49 years young at the moment, turning 15 August. So happy 50th, Harry, if you're listening. Uh, and from 1989 to 1992. He played for Hull City, playing 25 times, but didn't manage to score a goal uh, in the league anyway, in the senior, uh, senior, um, senior of course, Of course, he uh, inspired the name of the late-night pub in Hull, Star and Garter, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he might, might, might earn it. Um, <laughs> and then he, he went on to have a bit of a, 
an indifferent career after that, playing in in likes of Australia and um, in, in his native New Zealand. But he also played for Bohemians. Oh no, it's Bohemian FC, but not. No, it is it is the Bohemians, the Irish the Irish club Bohemians. So he played for Bohemian FC as well between nineteen ninety eight and ninety nine. But he only played four times for them. His longest stint came at the club Football Kings, who were New Zealand's first professional club, but they played in the Australian League. So he's a bit of a legend there, really. Um, Played 127 times and scoring 27 goals. He played for around eight years for the national team, New Zealand. Uh, 28 appearances, 28 caps, scoring three goals for them. Um, So, post-retirement, Alex, I hear you ask. Well, Ngata works for Sky TV in New Zealand as a commentator. So he's a little bit like the Gary Neville of New Zealand after playing for Hull City. So there we go. New Zealand is Jeremiah for Harry Ngata. Yeah, what a shout. And I don't remember him popping up on N. I might be wrong. So yeah. it shows you the difference between Hull City Alphabet and around the world with Hull City. Yeah, find it on Earth various different talents that we never thought that we had um, yeah but yeah that's a good one and thank you very much for your suggestions as well and thank you mark for the opening suggestion of new zealand uh, if you know any more players because i think what we could do is maybe feature one or two players alex and a player each or something and then see if the twitter following can can make any other additions for the feature then by all means uh, hit us up on Twitter with your suggestions. But there we go. So next up, we will we will choose a different country to go to. And that will round up today's episode. So thank you very much, Alex, for joining me, as always. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, well done, City, for getting four points from six. Let's just take a, it. Yeah. No, I just wanted to say, great, great stuff. Just a quick one as well in this. Can I have a prediction for you for Monday's game? Oh, yeah. Uh, 3-0. 3-0 win. 3-0. Okay, yeah. good stuff. And you're saying you want, to, you want another three points, don't you, to make that seven from yeah. three games? Yeah, a brace from Joshua Brendan, David, Aramaya, Ngata, McGuinness. Yes, love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory at the KCOM again, another clean sheet. And looking forward to another three points on Monday. Up the Tigers. See you next time. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.